in Seattle. Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to rodandonsitdown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys. What's going on? Welcome to episode 655 now of the Ron and Don Show, and I am live in the Les Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Ron is live from Barcelona, Spain. More about that in a moment. First, though, if you're traveling this holiday season, and a lot of us were, during Thanksgiving, one of the busiest travel days ever in the history of travel. It was incredible when you looked online and uh, you could track all the planes that were flying over the U.S. How did they do that? It was bumper to bumper, you guys. And here's the thing. I don't know if you've ever lost a bag before. I have. You ever find that bag? Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. Where does that bag end up? Because they say uh, here in the U.S. that we lose up to two million bags a year. Well, Ron and I have finally found your bags. And you're not going to believe where it ended up. Also, here in Washington State, starting January 1st, there's some, there's a conversation that your realtor has to have with you that they haven't had to have with you before concerning commissions. Yeah, if a realtor wants to get paid, they have to have this conversation with you, and we're going to talk about what that conversation is. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. I am fascinated uh, with Ron being in Spain, and if you missed the last episode of the Ron and Don Show, he talked about learning more about World War II, so make sure you check out episode 654. Here's the thing, though. I was reading the other day, and it seems like everybody on my block is becoming an expat. And if people aren't moving to Mexico, it seems like they're moving to Europe. And one of the places it seems like a lot of Americans are going. Uh, in fact, Ron, I think, I think I read the top 10 places in the world to be an expat for Americans. I think seven of those are in Spain. And I also think that one of those... Is Barcelona where you are currently at? So, what is it about Barcelona that made you want to return? And what is it about Barcelona where Americans are willing to sell off everything and move and say, you know what, Barcelona, Spain—that's my new hometown. Yeah, well, I mean, they—they they have done the. I'll do the second part first. The, there has been a program where if you buy real estate, again, everything goes back to real estate. Uh, everything's a real estate story. If you buy real estate in Spain, and and I don't know if, if this is going into 2024, but for the past X number of years, if you spent 500,000 euros, you could get a residency visa uh, in Spain, which basically means that you're not bound to stay for 90 days. And then there's a pathway to getting your second passport uh, and becoming uh, either a dual citizen or you can become a citizen of Spain. And so I, I think that prospect for a lot of people um, uh, became attractive when they 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 came over here and, and tried to figure out what they wanted to do. Um, now, back to your first part of your question, I, I think the thing, if, if you travel a lot, and again, I know this isn't a thing for everybody, but this is a thing for me, um, is if you enjoy travel, one of the things that it does for me, at least, is it just reminds me to not have a small world. Um, a lot of times if I'm grinding in Seattle, um, there'll be days and days that go by that the only play I'm in my office, I'm in my kitchen, I might go to the gym. 
go to the grocery store and like, that's it. Like my world becomes very, very small. And so when, when I travel, um, it just reminds me that, that uh, to not have a small world to like get out there and experience things and, 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 and live your life. Like we only get one, one shot at this. And so I think when you do that, there are places you connect with, um, where you're like, Oh, wow. Like this thing this thing is really, I'm vibing with this location. And so I think for Spain, part of that is, at least for me, is um, the climate is much better than Seattle. Um, you have beaches, you have uh, incredible cities. They really take their food seriously uh, and their culture seriously. And, and I actually think you would, you would dig it, Don, because like, for instance, you're kind of already this way, but I think it would go to times a hundred if you were here. Like every neighborhood in Spain, it's very dense, like Barcelona and Madrid or any of the Spanish cities you go to, because they've been building for thousands of years in the same city. So everything is very compact. Each neighborhood has a, has its own set of characters. So like when you go down in the morning, you have a coffee shop and you go to the coffee shop. Like today I, I was walking, went into a coffee shop. I got a little sandwich and a, a coffee with milk. They say a cafe con leche. And it was $3 and 20 cents, $3 and 20 euros. Um, so get that in Starbucks and that'll be $14. So you can go in and get a coffee for a dollar 40, a dollar 50. Um, and you sit there and your friends are there. It's just no, you don't have to make an appointment. You just know, like if you lived in your neighborhood and you would go to the same couple of spots every day uh, and the same people would be there. And so you talk to them and you get to know them. Then you have your spot and there's a sense of community there. And then when it's time to go to the market, uh, there's a butcher. And then next to the butcher is a vegetable store. Next to the vegetable store is a place that sells nuts and grains. Uh, next to that um, might be a little mini supermarket for, for other items. And so it's the same people. You go in, you have a guy that sells vegetables and you can go in and talk to them. And so like, you're very much, I think, wired that way. And I think that culture for most Americans is like, wait, I'm going to walk outside and knock it in my car and go. And within a quarter of a mile, I have all of this community and I know all of these people and I'm going to eat well for cheaper. I'm going to be in a, a really great climate. I'm going to be around world-class architecture and entertainment. Um, what's, what's not to love. Yeah. I have to say, there was a, a Starbucks in my neighborhood up, up on Queen Anne. And before the pandemic, after especially after I dropped my, my son off from school, if I was on my way to the gym or maybe you and I are going to have a meeting, I would stop in there. And I knew Jack who ran, who ran the Starbucks and I knew Shelly who used to ride in my spin class. She was assistant manager there. I knew Bert who's, who was a Vietnam vet who sit, who would sit at this community table every morning and his friends from Vietnam would come in and sit down and I could continue with the names. And then down the street is Ken's market. Uh, and I knew Ken before he passed away. I met all his grandchildren, his great grandchildren. They're the ones that run all his markets now. Every time I go in that market and I make sure I go in at least once a week, uh, I ask for Joe, who is one of the owners and one of the kids. And then I'll see Joe down at uh, my gym. And my son now knows Joe. And, and, and what I'm trying to model for him is the importance of knowing the people in your neighborhood. 
And they say, that's the secret to longevity. You guys is knowing people, even in, even in the small conversations and interactions that we have every day. And if you're an entrepreneur like us, what Ron said, you know, is true. Your world can get really small, especially working from home. And that's why it's important every once in a while to say, yeah, I'm going to go get that $14 cup of coffee just to get out and have meaningful conversations, even if they're small and short conversations as a result of that. And, and let me tell you what's wrecked it for me at that Starbucks is their mobile service. Everybody comes in there now. They blow through the door. The baristas don't talk to you anymore because they're so busy with the volume of the mobile service. All those people that work there are gone because the grind just killed them. And that barista who you used to be able to talk to when they're standing back there making your cup of coffee is now, and they're making the, the mobile coffees before they're making yours, right? You come stand in line, you're basically standing in line twice. I don't like the mobile service because I want to actually have a conversation and an interaction with someone. I want to sit down at a table. I, uh, even if it's at the community table and, and, and now people are scratching their heads and they're saying, Hey, Hey, what's going on with Starbucks? They, they are closing so many of these big restaurants that used to get all this foot traffic. They don't want to be the place anymore where you come and you sit down uh, and you work on your business plan for 2024. They're making their stores smaller, even in some of the new Starbucks that are opening. It's mobile service only. So so what is that like for you, Ron, when you walk in these little coffee shops? Is it is it everybody's going mobile? Everybody's swiping right and left on each other in the dating world? And it seems like nobody has an opportunity for these conversations anymore. You're saying it's been different for you in Barcelona. Well, the, the culture is this different. I'll give you this story that, that I found very uh, kind of quirky and funny. I'm staying with a, a couple over here at an Airbnb. You may have heard of that platform. Uh, and the man is an architect and uh, the woman's a piano teacher. And so I was talking to him about he, he had a big project one time where he was working with Apple. And so he said one of the guys from Apple got on the plane, he flies over to Europe. And so um, and, and he's working on this architecture project. And so the guy from Apple, he says, and he was flabbergasted by this. He goes, he showed up, still had his luggage from the airport. He didn't go to the hotel and drop off his luggage. He came straight from the airport right to the meeting. Um, and he goes, and it was right before lunch and he didn't want to go to lunch. So we worked straight through lunch, right into the evening. And he just goes in and he's like, this American is just driving and driving and driving. And like, he wants to just grind us all into the evening. And, it, and the takeaway was sort of like, dude, the project's going to get built. We're building your Apple store, but like, can we not be civilized and have lunch? Can we not? <laughs> do, yeah. do you really not have the time to check into your hotel and drop your bag and maybe change your clothes? Do you really need to show us that you can do us uh, an eight hour meeting after flying over from California? It, it wasn't impressive to them. from a European point of view, it's like, let's all work. But let's also enjoy a lunch. Let's also enjoy a reasonable workday. Let's get the project done uh, when the project gets done. Uh, but they don't have this drive to like, I'm going to be as productive as I can 24 hours a day, seven days a week, never take a break, get on my grind on. It's like uh, he wants to come home and, and hang out with his with his partner. He wants to go to a piano concert. He wants to there's this uh, I was talking to Isabel. She's the, the woman. She goes, there's a thing in Barcelona. It's called uh, Vermouth Hour. 
and it's before lunch, you meet your friends for a very small vermouth. And for nothing more than in the middle of the day, you spend a half an hour with your friends. And so it's just like, I I would say, Hey, Donald, me, I'll see you at vermouth. And so we would go to a little place. We're sitting out in a courtyard. We're going to have four ounces of vermouth and just catch up for the day. And I was like, that's that, what a pretty, that's a very lovely way to live your life. Uh, as opposed to like, I'm going to grind 12 hours a day and I'm doing my yoga and then I'm getting meditating and then I'm going to do deep breathing <laughs> yeah. and then I'm going to journal and then I'm going to, it's like, they just, and they have one of the longest lifespans in the world in Spain yeah. and they're not, they're not, you know, doing uh, ice baths at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I was talking to one of our clients yesterday and you, you actually helped her buy a house a couple of years ago and she's a nurse. And she said, you know, I've been thinking about because I, I told her what you were doing. She said, I was thinking about renting out my house and then heading over to Europe for a year and just traveling. And she said, my my dad told me not to, and my financial advisor told me not to. And I said, do you have the money to do it right now? She said, yeah. She said, but it, they're, they're bootstrappers. And it's like, you have to work and you have to grind and you have to save this big pot of gold. And by the time you actually get to the pot of gold, on average, Americans have 11 years left. And, and, and many times you don't have the gift of your health. That's what's so cool about what you're doing, Ron. And I just told her, I said, let me give you permission. And if Ron was here right now, he'd tell you the same thing. Rent your house out. Spend some of that money that's in your pot of gold right now. She's in her 40s. And I said, and you have the ability to be a nurse and to travel and go overseas and do that. And you could do a working vacation or you could just do a vacation vacation. But 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 really, anytime they interview older people in retirement homes and you see a lot of those stories this time of year, they say, what is your biggest regret? They say, my biggest regret is that I didn't travel enough, uh, that I was saving this pot of money and then I, I end up using some of this money for my health, trying to be healthy at the end of my life and just kind of hanging on. And I didn't take that gift of health and use it when I had it to see the world. I was always grinding and bootstrapping. So anyway, you guys, yeah, if you have that opportunity to do something like Barcelona, Spain, you should do it. Hey, we come back. Speaking of getting to Barcelona, uh, I dropped Ron off at the airport. He had two pretty big suitcases. I think they were his carry-ons. And I hate people like Ron that show up with two huge carry-ons. They make sure they get on the plane before I do. And then when I go to take my very small carry-on and put it in the bin above my head, guess what? I can't because I'm sure stuff is already there. Let's talk about that and your lost bags on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, I've been telling you about this for probably a decade and a half. It's Les Schwab's free pre-trip safety check. It includes really a long list of visual inspections. So if you're going to be driving around this summer, like I'm going to be doing G-Force and Charlie, stop by a Les Schwab tire center. They'll throw your rig up on the rack. And they're going to check out your vehicle. They're going to give you their very best, honest opinion and advice on all your options if there's issues. If they're not, here's the cool thing. They're just going to send you on your way free of charge. The other guys, typically, well, they charge a couple hundred dollars to look at a rig, not at Les Schwab. So schedule your appointment today at LesSchwab.com. You can stop by any location. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since when, let's say it together, 1952. Thank you. 
you guys run it down here run it down real estate just want to emphasize to you we have a lot of great realtor friends that just specialize in a neighborhood so for a lot of my friends that work here in queen anne if you're in bothell uh they punt on that and they say we're not the realtor for you or if you're down in tacoma they're like yeah we can't help we don't drive to tacoma Ron and I drive to Tacoma. We drive to Bothell. In fact, I'm about to drive to Bothell right now. Ron, why do we drive to Tacoma and why do we drive to Bothell? It's bottom line is because that's where the Ron and Don Nation lives, right? Yeah, that's right. We, uh, of course, on the radio for, for many, many years. And so we want to go to where you are. It's a philosophy. We, we said we're going to meet you where you're at, whether that's geographically, even in your life phase of where you're at. Let's say you've just had a parent uh, that went into assisted living or passed away. That is where you're at. So we're going to meet you right there, put together a custom game plan for you to get you the best result we possibly can. And I got to say, we've been getting some really good results for people in the Ron and Don Nation this year. And every single year we've been doing real estate. It starts with a sit down. Uh, that's a Zoom call that we're going to do with you to make sure we're a good team and then we're all aligned in the same direction. You go to ronandonsitdown.com. That's ronandonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Ron is live in Barcelona, Spain. I'm live from Seattle, Washington. But by the time you hear this, it's on tape and it's not live. But we hope it sounds live to you. So uh, let's talk about this story right here, Ron. I have two travel questions for you. First and foremost, in our last segment, I set it up. I picked you up. I took you to the airport. You had two pretty big bags that looked like they should be checked. But knowing you, you got out a measuring tool. Ron always lays this stuff out before he travels. Uh, he has a whole sequence, which is really Really cool to see actually did you carry those bags on and how do you feel when you get on early you take those bags you jam them into the overheads and then when a guy like me tries to get on with my son and we're sitting there and trying to put our two little bags up we can't we end up having to check those and waiting at a carousel because a guy like you took up all the space what airlines are talking about doing now is actually telling people, hey, you know what? If you check your bag at the beginning, that's going to be free. And we're going to charge you for those carry-ons. What say you about people that don't check their bags and they take up all the overhead space? Because it seems like you're one of those. Well, I'm going to push back on you a little bit. I, I do not have giant bags. Like compared to, the, they're not roller bags. They're not hard shell. Uh, one was a, a a Patagonia backpack, and one is a as a Chrome backpack, and so they fit. They're they're one of the smaller bags that fit in there. Um, everybody knows the routine by now, and so if you want to, I, I prefer to do carry ons because I don't want to wait. Um, uh, for my luggage when I arrive somewhere. It also uh, gives me a constraint, like this is all I can bring. Um, and, and when I see people, especially on international travel, that are rolling those giant roller bags through a city with cobblestones and trying to go upstairs, because not every place has an elevator over here, um, it just... Well, we did it with you. Like when, when you you and I went to uh, France and England together, I was like, dude, bring a backpack. And was I wrong about that? No. And I, and I had one bag, but, but again, and it, this gets to the story they say, and I think there's one of the reasons why a lot of us don't want to check our bags, especially if it's during the holidays, a lot of times your bag gets lost. In fact, 2 million bags got lost last year for people that were traveling and it's really interesting where your bag ends up. In fact, Ron and I just read a story about it. Uh, if you want to go and buy your Rolex that you, I, I don't understand somebody putting a $39,000 Rolex 
in a check bag, but evidently people do do that. Uh, you also have experienced someone going through your bag and taking something. Every once in a while, you'll see that TSA has been in your bag and they leave you a note and the whole thing is disheveled and you can tell they dumped it. More often than not, though, someone has been in your bag, they stole a bunch of stuff and how they're able to do that. I just don't know. And then if you are traveling somewhere and you need medications and let's say all your toiletries, all that stuff are in a bag. And I've had that happen numerous times when I went home to visit my family for Christmas. And, and if my son and I were traveling together, I'll just get one big bag, fill that and check that bag. When that bag doesn't show up or it shows up when you're about to leave and you already had to go out and replace all your stuff. Yeah. Sometimes the airport will, will bring that bag by, but it's a real bummer when that bag is lost. So Ron, kind of interesting. We now know where all these bags go. They don't go to heaven, do they? Yeah, there's a thing called unclaimed baggage, and it's a service. I think it's outside of Atlanta, uh, just yeah. a giant warehouse that gets all these bags. And then uh, for the ones that have no way to identify the person, they just have all this stuff. So it's become like the world's largest or one of the world's largest uh, places to sell items. The thing that they find interesting uh, a, is what you said is a lot of people like to bring their fancy stuff on a trip. So you do find some luxury goods in there. A lot of people, me included, you'll buy some new new things in anticipation of your trip. So a new camera, or you get a new iPad, or you get a new fill in the blank. And so a lot of these items that then they're, they're selling on their website, I think it's unclaimedbaggage.com, I believe, uh, is it's brand new stuff, brand new clothing, like still has the tags on, um, you know, you're going to the beach. So you buy brand new beachwear because you're getting ready or excited for your trip. Or many people go out and they'll buy new jackets because they're going to go skiing uh, and they want a new fit for their trip. And um, I, I bought a bunch of new clothes for my trip and had it been lost. These people like I had shirts from the gap still had, I had to take the tag off when I, when I warm for the first time in Europe, cause I just wanted some fresh, fresh clothes. So these things are on sale right now. I, I'm tempted to go out there. I think I, I looked at it for a half a second, just to, when I read the story, I was like, okay, when I have some time to kill, I'm going to cruise through unclaimed baggage and see if there's some, some gems in there that I could uncover. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I, I think as we do travel, we need to be cognizant of the fact. And I know the old trick, too, of people taking their big bag down, seeing if they can check it. And when they can't uh, or they take it on the plane and when they can't, they know that that bag's going to be checked and they always take it to the desk because they know it's going to be free. Right. So instead of checking the bag when you first get there. Uh, your bad behavior is rewarded by checking your bag for free. And it's kind of a deal the airline will make with you when the overhead bins are all full. So my thoughts are, hey, if you can't put that stuff in your overhead bin above your bat, uh, above your head, I think it's really unfair when people get on early and they stuff those overhead bins and then they'll go sit in a completely different part of the plane. Uh, knowing that uh, they were able to get their bags on and the people. Yeah, that's on. uncalled for aren't able to do it. Not cool. So anyway, you guys uh, check that out and yeah, you can buy, if you're missing your $39,000 Rolex, uh, I know where it's at just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. We will see you on the outside of this.
Hey, it's Ron and Don here with Mitch Weeks. You know him better as Mitch.loans. Mitch, you have a really cool new product for investors. I think it's kind of the first I've ever heard of it. Yeah, so we have a great new investor cash flow program. And what this is, is we take the house you are buying and we inspect it, not you, the borrower. And so what we do is we look at the house and we say, will it cash flow? If you put 20% down, will it make more money than it's going to cost you to keep paying off your mortgage? And if it does, it's yours. It doesn't matter what you make on your own. It doesn't matter all these other things that we usually have to document. They don't matter. They're gone. It's just, does this house make sense? And if it does, you can buy it. All right. So you can go up to four doors, up to four units on this. And uh, Don and I have never heard of a product like this. It's pretty exciting if you've been wanting to get into the investment game. So go to Mitch.loans right now. Set up a time to talk to Mitch. See if you qualify for this new program. That's Mitch.loans. All right, you guys, welcome back to the final segment of the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you need us, we do something called a sit-down. It's a Ron and Don sit-down. And in fact, anytime you sit down with us, we have a Ron and Don coffee mug that says, I sat down with Ron and Don that we'd like to share with you. And in fact, we just did a sit-down with one of my friends who is moving here because of her job with her husband. So uh, we already did our virtual sit-down. Point of order, her, her job is not with her husband. She's married with her husband. Her job is with an actual company. Anyway, Ron said he was in Spain. I was here in Seattle. They were in Colorado. We all sat down together and now they'll be here this weekend. And we're going to go look at some houses down in the South sound. Cause we sell the sound. So when you need us, Ron and Don sit down.com. And don't forget, if you think we're going to be selling sometime in 2024, we should be meeting now in 2023 to come up with a strategy. Cause the farther you plan out, the more money you save, because you can scale schedule that work, get firm bids. You're not doing everything at the last moment. And all that stuff has to be sequenced, you guys. And if you sequence it correctly, and that's what I'm great at doing is sequencing the renovation of your property and your place. Let's spend a dollar to get two back. We don't want to spend money or put in a kitchen or a bathroom that we don't have to. Yeah. Make sure we sit down, Ron and Don, sit down.com. We can virtually sit down today and we'll get you that run done coffee mug. Ron, this is kind of interesting. We've talked about this commissions as of January 1. If Washington State realtors want to get paid, they have to have a conversation with you first, right? Yeah. So the legislature um, was following this lawsuit that we talked about a couple episodes ago, the $1.8 billion verdict against the National Association of Realtors and Keller Williams in Kansas City. And so they took this up. The The Northwest MLS tried to get out in front of this and uh, and sort of remedy these things so that they wouldn't face a similar lawsuit. And the legislature got on board as well. And so I guess, I guess you can give the, the NAR some credit. They do pay, uh, you know, some of the the fees that you pay to them do go to help lobby and to communicate with legislators to write laws. And so the, the law was written and, and passed in 2023. And it basically says this, the intent of the law is to say, we would like real estate brokers who are licensed by the state to as soon as reasonably possible, talk with their client about how the compensation works and get a written agreement. 
right? That that is the intent of the law. It's pretty straightforward, and this has not been the case uh, for a long, long time in real estate. And, and I'll give you a scenario. So let's say uh, you mentioned that you had a high school friend that um, you know that you're looking at houses this week. Well, so if you know somebody, um, I, I know somebody. I've been friends with them. I went to high school with them. They're looking for a house. It feels awkward in a way to say, "Hey, I need you to sign this document that says I'm your agent." And so for most real estate agents, they don't like this agreement. They don't want to have that talk. They want to assume that we're friends, we're pals, and that, of course, I'm your agent. Well, I don't need to document it. It feels to them somehow counterproductive to do that. But the state is saying, well, it's not just about an explicit agreement that you're the agent. It's about explaining to them how you get paid, what you're going to get paid and how that money is going to flow through the transaction so that the client, the consumer, if you will, can protect itself and know what is happening. And so this is going to be a big change for a lot of people. And um, I think it's a good thing. It's going to give consumers more knowledge, which is always good. And it's going to let them understand more fully uh, what is happening with the payment. Yeah, and I as, as a real estate agent, I and if you're an agent, I think this helps us. It does because what it does is it gives you the opportunity. I remember Todd Lee uh, when Ron and I first got our broker's license years ago. Uh, I think we've done three or four transactions with him and his daughter and his wife. And at, a couple of years ago, at the at the end of the year, uh, we had some conversations with people that were our clients, and and we said, hey, what could we do better? And he said, what you could do better is show your work. You guys do so much work. He said, I didn't realize. And and he's an, he's a builder. He He's built huge skyscrapers in his life. He said, I didn't realize sometimes all the work that a real estate agent does and, and until I started interacting with you guys and make sure in every transaction you do, Ron, that other people can 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 see the work. And since then, we're like, yeah, we we th- this gives you an opportunity to talk about the work that you're going to do and the value that you add to this relationship as far as being your realtor, right? Absolutely. And, and I actually did a sit down about this for a woman that was like, I'm, I'm buying a house and it seems like paying my buyer's agent $12,000 is too much. And so uh, I, I tried to walk her through. It's like, well, you let's say you did this with a real estate attorney, which you could you can buy a house with a real estate attorney, and you're paying three hundred dollars an hour for that attorney. Um, what happens if you don't get the first couple houses that you ride on? So now you're 15, 20, 40 hours in at three hundred dollars an hour. That would add up real quick. Um, uh, and then that attorney's not going to handle any of the escrow stuff. They're not going to handle any uh, of the things with title. Um, All they're going to do is be a contract lawyer. So, you know, it's, it does give you a chance to talk about it though. It does. And there, there are certain price point inflections where you could say, Hey, uh, I think that we should knock a half a percent off of this. Or would you can, would you buy me a home warranty or would you contribute part of your money to closing costs? Uh, because you know, I feel like this is the, the correct amount for you in this particular piece of property. Yeah. So anyway, it, it's an opportunity for everyone to have that conversation, for realtors to have that conversation with their clients, for clients to have that with their realtors. And now as of January 1, you have to sign a document saying that, hey, yeah, you know what? 
uh, we did have that conversation. So, hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. Ron is in Barcelona. I'm in Seattle, but we can still still sit down with you. In fact, we did a number of sit downs this week. All you have to do is go to ronandonsitdown.com. And uh, it is a lot of fun. It really is. And if you know Ron, reach out to him personally. See if he'll send you some of those pictures and share those like he's been sharing with me. So Sometimes when you look at the pictures, you just realize what a young nation, a young country we are, especially when you see all the great architecture that's been around for hundreds, if not thousands of years in some of the places that Ron is traveling right now. So it's a working vacation for him. Uh, I am not on vacation. I'm ready to sit down with you today. And don't forget, we'll get you that Ron and Don uh, coffee mug. In fact, we just got a new order of those the other day. They're really cool. And I'm drinking out of one right now that it says I sat down with Ron and Don. So basically, I sat down with myself. My ego just can't get enough of me. Iran, if people want to buy our playbook or sell our playbook, because uh, we're here to help coach, what should, what should they do as well? Yeah, you can email me directly, ron at ronandon.com, or you can set up that sit down at ronandonsitdown.com. Yeah, I can sign up for the newsletter. Uh, we don't sell your information. We send it out once a week. We tell you about maybe a podcast that uh, we've recorded that we really enjoy or just kind of a slice of our life or maybe something that we talked about. I think this last week I sent out something about uh, the acceleration of the market and also some pictures from my Thanksgiving meal with my uh, family over in West Seattle. That was a lot of fun. All right. Hey, you keep your head up. You keep your shoulders back. Happy holidays to everybody. Don't forget about the Les Schwab toy drive now through December 14th. Uh, stop by Les Schwab Tire Store, drop off that gift. Uh, my son and I did that the other day with some Legos. And these guys really do a great job of making sure that the toys stay right here in our community. And don't forget, as my good friend Dave Ross said, a toy during the holidays is a message to a taught child. It's so much more than a toy, you guys. It's a message that you have not been forgotten and that you belong to all of us. All right? Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Ron and Don Joe on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. 